0: I'm not going to name names here, but you know, you watch some shows or consume some media and you're like, I really wish you didn't explain that because I honestly enjoyed this more when you did it. I think I trust Infinity Train and its creators and writers and entire artistic team enough to not mishandle that kind of situation.
1: everyone and welcome back. My name is Nia and welcome to Not A Zing Adult, a podcast where I, an emotionally stunted 21 year old, try to figure out why YA books, movies, TV shows and more are appealing to people of all ages, even adults. Today we are switching things up and talking about animated shows, specifically Infinity Train. For those of you who don't know, Infinity Train is an animated anthology series about the happenings on a seemingly endless train where each car is something a little different, with every season revolving around a different set of characters. Be prepared for Infinity Train spoilers if you haven't seen it, but if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it now! All four seasons are streaming on HBO Max or wherever you like to pirate your TV, but it would be very nice if you watched it legally, just saying.
0: Tell HBO you really like the show. They cancelled it.
1: Hashtag Train on Twitter. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) To come talk about Infinity Train, I've invited one of my dear friends, Alex, a big Infinity Train fan and also someone who knows a lot about art and animation. Alex, would you like to introduce yourself?
0: Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, or Alexander, if you like extra syllables. Um, A little bit of background on me, I actually currently study art and animation. I'm an animation minor, actually, at university, um, but i'm currently interning at Nickelodeon animation so a bit of a brand disloyalty here but i think for infinity train it is definitely worth it
1: i guess we could just start off by by asking you like when did you start watching infinity train
0: oh gosh um people have been recommending that i watch it forever but i think i only got around to it like some sometime late last semester like spring 2021 yeah. or like mid 2021 you know kind of in that ballpark
1: yeah, it was I also did that. It was very much like a quarantine, like, you know, I'm out of shows to watch and um <laughs> my friends have been recommending this for a while little things. And it's great. And I kinda wish that I picked it up early because it's awesome.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I was kinda there for the build up to book four. Um, but even seeing like the build up to book two or three I wish I wish I'd been there too.
1: <laughs> I think like Infinity Train, like it, it was great to have been able to like binge it all at once, but also like, you know, the fandom is so great. I felt like being there for the build-up would have been really awesome. Especially the fandom renewal efforts have been awesome.
0: And you see the fandom is so dedicated to it. Like, very rarely have I seen fandoms as dedicated to a show as I have Infinity Train. You know, shows get canceled all the time, but Infinity Train is Infinity Train's cancellation was something else. Like, that was... I mean, you saw the Twitter trendings, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, and, like, I think it definitely, like, hurts a lot more because, like, you know, they basically already had, like, season five planned and like mm-hmm. fully rich and, and like they have like ideas in place for like you know the future seasons too i guess we're talking about like how people have been like super into infinity train but like why do you like watching it
0: you know i think infinity train had a really good start um and don't get me wrong i think it had a great runtime throughout but i think for a concept like infinity train which is kind of a like when you when you explain it, like a train with infinite coaches that people go on when they're going through life traumas and stuff it's an interesting premise and you really have to hook people on the first few episodes or else you're going to totally lose them with a concept like that. And I think both in the characterizations and the, the themes that they chose as in like, um, like an adolescent girl going through her parents' divorce, I think it kind of struck a nice chord in being both relatable, but also kind of distant enough in its um, mystical presence of uh, premise um, that I was like, okay, like I can ground myself, in a character like Tulip, even though my parents were not divorced, um, for context, I thought the supporting characters, One One and Atticus, especially in those books, were very, very fun. And I just like I wanted to see what was um, what more could happen. And as I kept watching the show, each successive season kind of built on it on that premise even more. And I think Book Four was a bit of an anomaly, but I think especially for the first three books, um, it does not let, let that premise down.
1: But also, I think after like book three, I definitely like, really appreciated book four, especially like as kind of a breather. But also like as an Asian American and who like mm-hmm. kind of wants to like you know work in entertainment and stuff. I don't know. It was very special to me because just like I could relate to these struggles of like the main characters, and I appreciated how like it was like about their friendship between like two Asian boys, and like at the end of the day, like their friendship was like you know the core of the story. It was like. There was, like, no white savior to liberate Mingy <laughs> from himself or whatever. It was, like, always just, like, his own story and his relationship with Ryan, which I very much appreciated.
0: Exactly. And I think, you know, as much as I enjoyed book four, I have to say, like, of course, I'm sad that that's the last book that we that we might be getting, right? Because it is, it's a really good continuation of the series, but I don't, personally, I don't think it's the greatest cap for the series. I think given the things that the, that the first three books are building up to, book four, I think it definitely was good as, like, um, almost like a filler book in a way which I mean no disrespect on personally I love like filler episodes and stuff like that because I think they do a good job of world building character building things like that even if they don't necessarily move like the plot like miles forward but I think especially something like book five which apparently would have focused on Amelia I'm like wow I really really wish we could see that also like an Infinity train feature was a pretty cool concept
1: I feel like Have the having a feature would have enabled them to like really push the bounds of storytelling. I mean, like they're already very much like pushing the bounds of storytelling within like you know their like 10 episodes of like 11 minutes each, but it would have been awesome to see like what they could do when they weren't constrained to oh, we have to tell some sort of contained story within this, these these, within like 10 minutes of time. Mm
0: -hmm. I told you why I like the show, you've explained why you like the show. But we both know Infinity Train is so much more than that.
1: I mean, like, we both talked about why we like a show. What's your favorite season of the show?
0: Definitely Book 3.
1: Book 3 is awesome. It definitely, like... I don't think I've ever, like, seen, like, a story like Book 3 before. Especially, like, very well-done redemption arcs are rare already. But well-done mm-hmm. redemption arcs for, for, like, Black girls are, like... You can't find them, like, at all. And it was just really great to, like, see Grace's evolution, like when she first popped up at the end of season two, I was so worried. I was just like, Oh, they're going to make her bad, but she seems so interesting and cool. I want to know more about her. And then season three was like all about grace. And that it was just so exciting and wonderful to see how her story developed. Also Hazel and Tuba.
0: Oh my God. Do not. I, I haven't cried in a show probably since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and even then I can't remember the last time, but no, like, for tuba's funeral i was like it wasn't even like a single tear roll done with cheek no i was like heaving and don't like I, i think every book i have a soft spot for every book i think they're all great in their own way but i feel like book three was like it was the most where i was like wow infinity train like has the capacity to go there yeah you know like it was like before i was like oh like this is a cool like slightly more mature show but this was like no like it's like it's like not afraid it felt like it was more confident in its stride in book three
1: it's interesting that you say to me that it is a more mature show because if i remember correctly like the first two seasons were on um cartoon network and then they moved it and then like the last two seasons like they were exclusively on hbo max and i think at least like for the first two scenes of seasons people very much perceived it as like a kids show which like which like hmm. yeah it's a kid show but it's also like Really fantastic and deals with like a lot of mature themes. And you know, those mature theme themes definitely made themselves obvious when they weren't on Cartoon Network anymore.
0: I mean, I think that kind of brings us to the inevitable topic of why it was canceled, right? And like, if we want to talk in the broader strokes, like, what does that mean for animation as a medium? And um, I would say, like, adolescent entertainment as a whole, you know, like, what does it mean when? we kind of signal that shows like infinity train don't have a place um in contemporary media like i'd love to hear your thoughts on that
1: my perception is that like i think that a lot of people like consider animation to be like a genre but like the more i watch a really good animation like infinity train or like shows still going on like the owl house i'm like no Mm
0: -hmm.
1: animation is like a medium but like because people like um perceive it as like a genre it can get often kind of boxed and like animated shows aren't allowed to be like as like well-rounded as they can be like I remember like last semester I I took a screenwriting class and and like every week we would go in and like the first thing we do is like our professor would ask us like hey did you did anyone watch any good shows this weekend and I was like yeah, so um I watched the first few seasons of an animated show called Infinity Train this weekend. It was great. It, it like it touched on some really cool themes and he was like, Oh, so it's an adult animation show, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I
1: didn't know really <laughs> I didn't really know how to answer that because like on one hand, like, yeah, it very much does touch on mature adult themes in in some points, but also like it stars kids. The oldest main character has to be like eighteen at most. Mm -hmm. and like adult animation is i'm gonna be offensive and say it. it's ugly it's terrible i don't like i don't like the whole (laughs) realm of adult animation so i don't know i don't know if i answered your question
0: it was a very big nebulous question but i think um i definitely feel a lot of what you say like like how do you classify a show like infinity train it's almost it's almost the same predicament like how would you classify avatar right or probably to a greater extent korra yeah um because avatar you can kind of like, it is a little bit more juvenile, right? And not in a bad way at all. I think it's a very smartly written show. But Korra undoubtedly goes into darker places than Avatar, right? But, like, it's not... It's not an adult show, right? Because this is something, like, I, I struggle a lot with when you describe basically any animated show. Because it automatically gets boxed by age. Which I feel like is not something that um, a lot of other... Um, if you're going by genres... Genres um, have to deal with. And, like, I feel you. I think... Like viewing animation as a genre is so frustrating because um, I was even thinking like let's talk about like Netflix animations or animations available on Netflix. Like I wouldn't put anything like Klaus um, next to a movie like uh, I Lost My Hand, and both of which I wouldn't put next to like The Breadwinner, and they're all excellent movies in very different flavors, but and they're all animated right in very different ways, but they're all great. But you also can't compare them, right? Even. Something like two movies that recently came out, obviously, are *Into the Spider-Verse* and *The Mitchell's Versus the Machines*. Mm-hmm. Um, both by Sony, um, both excellent movies. I think they
1: like, the same people made them, like Phil Lord and Christopher and Yeah, Hitler, yeah, right? the same
0: same producers. Um, and stylistically, they both do very similar things, but in completely different directions. I find it difficult to even compare those two um, because they both strike such different tones in a way, you know. Um, but you know, that's just a lot of rambling besides the point, like where does that leave a show like Infinity Train where it is like, it did get canceled because according to um, the executives of Cartoon Network, it doesn't have, um, like an entry point for children. Um, but that's kind of where part of me is wondering, like, why does it need to explicitly be for children, right? Like why is it that cartoons can only be enjoyed by certain age demographics, most of whom either fall in like the 6 to 11 range or they're like adults who are watching like Simpsons or Family Guy you know and like look Simpsons and Family Guy those shows like that are good at their own things I personally do not love the art styles of basically any adult animated show
1: I I think you're right I feel like a lot of adult animation shows they they do this thing where they're like cuteness is for kids you know like and like they just like throw in a bunch of like language and like sex jokes and they're like And package all up in like some gross ass animation, and they're like, "Here, this is for adults now." And I'm like, "No, why can't I watch something that it's that looks good and is fun and like, but like still has like you know themes that resonate with me? Why can't I have exactly?"
0: And that's where I think a show like Infinity Train kind of shines. And if we're talking about its its art style and its animation style. so you know a little bit about myself. Like I personally grew up on shows like Animaniacs, right? Which is very zany, very like exaggerated character designs, very angular poses, right? So at first when I looked at a show like Infinity Train, I was kind of like, oh, like you know, it looks fine, but like it doesn't stand out that much because I found that like, the designs are much more grounded in reality. Um, at least for the character designs, the world designs are very, very crazy, but um. I, after watching i was like no like the style fits the tone of the show really well you know in a in a way that it kind of complements it because it's a show where like you want you don't want to focus as much on, on like the zany proportions but more so on their faces on like the little visual cues like that um that push the human side of the stories that are often the crux of infinity train and that's where i feel like in so many ways like that right thematically demographically art i guess art style wise which uh, race the little lead thing I had going. Art <laughs> style-wise, infinity train is caught in the center of everything. But my thing is why can't that be its own why can't that be its own thing? You know? Like why do we need to leave what I often consider like the fourteen to like twenty five year old demographics out of the animation equation?
1: Yeah, and I agree. And like there's this thing where like, you know, with like YA books. The like little kids, they often like read up when it comes to books. I was like eight when I started reading like books meant for teens. Like I shouldn't have been doing that, but like I had the capacity to do that. Like kids start consuming media that are technically like not really meant for them, and like they still get a lot of they still get a lot of out of that. And you can still have something that like resonates with kids while also is like geared toward older older people. As long as you know you're a good writer people like very much like underestimate like what kids can understand like you know like we grew up oh, on yeah. like avatar or like we talked on like war and colonialism and stuff like you know shows like avatar and like even like the star wars animated shows like they very much touched on like some very dark topics but like more but like you know they still did that while being something that like teenagers can enjoy adults can enjoy and like kids mm-hmm. can very much understand and i don't and I don't really understand that, like, kids don't have an entry point for, like, the for infinity chain thing.
0: 100% agree. I think if you look to the industry as a whole, it's it's kind of the symptom of a larger problem where we keep, like, segmenting what can and can't be enjoyed, right? Like, okay, to some degree, it makes sense. Right? Like, I obviously don't want my, like, my toddler watching family guy, okay? Yeah. Like, that's just not something that should happen. But if we even look at the realm of, like, what kids entertainment how kids' narratives have kind of shifted these days, I feel like um, a lot of it has kind of been saturated, if that makes sense, Um, where it, it kind of... I think one of the most vapid things in the world is when kids' entertainment dumbs down the content to the point where it's, like, basically, like, reading the Bible, you know? Like, you're reading, like, a strict set of, like, moral codes, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, this is, like, what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. And it's like, dude, like, kids... Kids are people, too. They want good, fun stories of good, fun characters, right? I grew up on two shows, very much so, Thomas the Tank Engine and Arthur. And I remember for both of those, like, why I still think of them very fondly is that because there was still so much care and authenticity put into both of those those worlds and the characters in them that, like, it still sticks. You know, like, obviously, I'm not going to, like, watch Thomas or Arthur for, like, pure entertainment, although I will admit Arthur is very nice background noise. But it's kind of like, these are still really solid stories, you know, that I want to show my kids. Um, and I think about how uh, George Carlin, he was a narrator for Thomas, and he was talking about how the series had progressed, I think, and, or in some ways it kind of regressed. And he was talking about how like kids' stories, like kids are smart too. You just need to massage the morals into the framework of the story rather than shoving it down your throats. Because no, no one likes being preached to, right? No one likes being feeling like they're being marketed to or sold to. And same with shows like Arthur, right, where, like, it doesn't, obviously, it's, it's not as dark as, like, you know, depression or suicide or anything. Um, but they do, like, touch some like, touchy stuff, like socioeconomic differences. Um, there's an episode, April 9th, that was in response to a 9-11. Um, and the thing is, it translates the, translate the event to something that's tangible for kids. I think um, the main group's school, like, has a fire, and they have to deal with, like, the very different reactions everybody has to that, like, gosh, like, Arthur's dad, like, almost got hurt in the fire, so he's dealing with, like, low-key trauma from that. Um, Like, the character Sue Ellen lost her diary in the fire, so she's dealing with, like, the loss of personal memories and Buster slept through the whole thing, so he's trying to deal with, like, like, how do I relate to my friends about the significant event that I didn't personally experience, right? So, it's, like, things like that, right? Like, these kids... They can't understand these things. You just have to translate it. And that's why Infinity Train's cancellation was kind of frustrating. Because I was like, Infinity Train was always already doing a great job of, like, translating that that content, right? Like, it was more geared towards an older audience, for sure. But, like, I feel like the concepts are would not be lost on even, like, seven, eight-year-olds, you know?
1: I don't know. Like just like the whole argument of like oh it doesn't have an entry points for kids is weird to me just because like i don't know any parent anyone who would be watching with a kid who would start them at season five anyways like (laughs) i don't know like i like i feel like infinity train does this thing where it very much like eases you into like the darker concepts like you know like infinity very much like started off as like this whimsical show about like a girl on a train and it like slowly and progressively got darker in a way that like wasn't jarring and it it made sense and you know like i i feel like if you start off watching season one of infinity train and you like move your way through like you are going to be prepared for like anything that comes especially a season five with amelia
0: like you said you wouldn't be starting with the season five movie like the infinity train movie right if you especially with the pretty well-known knowledge that there are four books that precede it all of which build up to amelia's backstory Right,
1: I'm just really bitter that like I really loved Amelia as like a character and an entire concept, mm-hmm. and we will never get to see her.
0: Oh yeah, no, absolutely, and that is where I have to ask you: Who is your favorite character from Infinity Train?
1: Um, I don't know. I have like I have a soft spot for like literally every single one. Um, I think. I think character I relate to the most would be Jesse because like I always just like want Mm. to be positive and like you know do things for others like often at my own detriment but I guess like my favorite would have to be Grace or Lake just because like I'm just in love with their entire deals.
0: I was going to say Lake too. Lake is a fantastic character and like honestly like book two is great but Lake is like one of the absolute highlights of the book
1: yeah honestly can we just like talk about like lake and like how like their entire existence is just like an allegory for being trans or non-binary
0: yes yes absolutely like oh my gosh because like the part of the end where she's talking about like my name isn't this my name isn't that like i am like who i'm going to decide i am right and that that was the first point where i was like wow like infinity train is going to say that Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it was truly an empowering it was like yeah like hell yeah i'm rooting for you lake well i didn't of course she didn't like her name wasn't like then but you know
1: and even like even if the trans and non-binary allegory went over your head like infinity train season two is like just still like such a wonderful story about like personhood and like being your own person outside of like what other people think you should be that like i feel like everyone kind of needs to see and like it's really such a shame that like you know such beautiful writing won't be accessible especially because like you know Que- like it's very hard to get like any sort of like queer representation and on in, mm-hmm. in, in children's animation. Obviously, it's changing, but it's still very rare. And like even if it wasn't explicitly stated, like having trans and non-binary rep like Lake was is really awesome. And I really wish that like you know Infinity Train could have continued and like they could have been able to like push those boundaries even more and like you know create stories that would re- would have resonated with a lot of people.
0: Exactly right and especially because the show is about like overcoming difficult life situations right which you know I'm sure like as a queer person like I certainly understand and like even if you're not queer the, like come on like you you already know like homophobia transphobia all queer phobias exist like man like people honestly like I found a show like Infinite train in, in, like I don't want to say therapeutic obviously it's not a substitute for therapy well, I mean well kind of but it, it's, like, it's, it's a enough. Really, we can compare it. Honorary therapy, we'll call it. It is a
1: therapy Um, train. It's not
0: therapy God, no, the amount of people I see calling it infinity pain. But yeah, like resonating with characters who do deal with like these really real, these really concrete problems. It's not like they all come from such disparate backgrounds, but each one I feel like strikes that nice balance between being both like mystical but also so grounded. You know? Um and in regards to the characters too, I was gonna say like Infinity Train can do so much with both its serious characters, but also it's like more lighthearted ones, right? Like, like Kez, like the deer, um, one one, and Atticus. Like, these are all characters that, like, in a lot of other shows, would kind of be treated more as just like, um, like, um, oh my gosh, I'm losing the term, like the comedic sidekick. You yeah, know?
1: they very much are like the comedic sidekicks, but you know, they all they are given so much more sympathy and care than typical community sidekicks are in right? yeah. like shows that are for lack of a better term like more dumbed down for kids
0: yeah exactly right or like i'm i'm even thinking like in like in the most archetypal sense, like, they're probably most comparable to, like, the Disney animal sidekick, right? Like, the the chicken from Moana, who is, like, I guess a character or her pig? And, okay, look, I have any conflicts on some Moana, right? But, like, you're not calling the pig a character, are you? Like, what? At least give them, like, the Mushu treatment. Um, obviously not completely, but at least make them a character. But, no, like, they're very fleshed out. And I think that... It works with Infinity Train's premise because it's a show about, like, infinite worlds, right? So you could dream up anything, put something there. Like, one one was introduced to us in a snowy tundra. And we have no idea what the hell he is, right? And somehow it all works because Infinity Train has this, like... this like, orderly chaos to it that it's so disorganized, it's so messy, but that's what makes it beautiful because it is dealing with similarly disorganized and messy topics.
1: Yeah, and it's, like, doing that in a way that is, like, very fun. Like, you have so much fun, like waiting to see what train car comes next and you almost don't even notice oh these characters are going through train therapy (laughs)
0: yeah but like can we all use a bit of infinity train therapy through a like in an adventure through a bunch of very fun worlds except for the ones that try to kill you because apparently there are a lot of those
1: yeah but honestly like the world is trying to kill us already so what's how's a train going to be different
0: like at least the train is pretty
1: the train is been pretty and that,
0: that's something i was surprised about like in the later books i know they touched upon it in four but i think maybe even three two they're like yeah not everyone who boards with a train survives and i was like what like okay like i like i knew that in the back of my head and like logically it makes sense because i remember um in book one like there was this montage of tulip like running through a bunch of obstacles because that was back when she didn't know what the number meant where she yeah. just thought that's how many cars away she was from the engine and there were like axes and shit swinging at her and i'm like you know like this is a show with consequences like people i mean as we know people die in this show and they don't come back like shit man that's kind of that's like it's kind of scary we think about it like as an allegory for how we deal with trauma and how we deal with difficult situations in our lives as a whole you know
1: also i think it kind of makes sense because like if consequences weren't real like then you know then the lessons won't we learned like you kind of always have to have that, that looming shadow to know like the lessons are sticking because you know if you get on the train and then like you know you go out through these life lessons and then like no time passes and you just leave like yeah I guess that's easier for you but also like who is going to stop you from going back to your old life no one you know the time needs to mm-hmm. pass there needs to be like you can't you, you can't get infinite do-overs on the train because you don't get infinite do-overs in life. So we have talked a lot about, you know, what we really loved in, like, you know, the current season's Infinity Train. But, like, you know, knowing that there would have been a 5, 6, 7, and 8, like, what would you have liked to see in future seasons?
0: Oh, God. um, I want to know more about why the train exists. Like, what was the premise behind that because i think infinity train so far has done such a good job of like explaining its backstory um in a way that doesn't like shove it down your throat and take away from the main plot that like i think it could be a really nice background edition um without being too overbearing because you know you watch some shows i'm not going to name names here but you know you watch some shows or consume some media and you're like i really wish you didn't explain that because i honestly enjoyed this more when you did it um I think I trust Infinity Train and its creators and writers and entire artistic team enough to not mishandle that kind of situation. Um, beyond that, I, if we want to talk about queerness, I think it would have been really cool to explore that to some degree. Um, and it's a dicey thing because I, like, my friends, I talk about like queer, uh, queer representation in media a lot and like how there is definitely an oversaturation of coming out stories. Um, That's kind of, you know, take it or leave it. But I think for a demographic that Infinity Train would be trying to hit, which is more like 14 to like young 20s, right? I think it would be a really helpful way to explain, or or like to understand and cope with those emotions and often complex like situations surrounding coming out. You know, again, I don't want to like, you know, shovel more like, you know, gay people can only be represented through coming out. I absolutely think that we as a whole deserve more variety, right? But I think with the immense care that Infinity Train's writing team has put into the situation that's already tackled, I have no doubt that, you know, they could handle that swimmingly as well. Unfortunately, <laughs> studios are still studios, so, you know, um, uh, I don't know if you saw the teaser for Disney's Encanto, but there's apparently a really buff woman, and apparently it was really difficult to make a buff woman in a Disney movie. So, <laughs> you know, that's just kind of where we are as an industry, which is rather unfortunate, but
1: let women be buff, you know. goddamn.
0: Let women be buff and let people be gay, man. Like I don't understand, like why is this difficult? Like there exists these people exist, and it's like not—is it controversial to have like a buff woman, <laughs> is that, or like anyone even slightly female presenting to not be like dainty?
1: Even like seeing Amelia in like book three, like having any sort of muscles, I was like, "Boo!" But, like. Both, like, in oh, a yeah. feminist way, but also in an I-like-women way.
0: You know what? Very valid. Also, we can't talk about buff women without talking about Cora. Anyway, this is a talk about Infinity Train. The buff women thing can be something else you talk about.
1: <laughs> I mean, I could have a whole podcast just talking about buff women, but, like, we're not here for that.
0: <laughs> not yet. But not yet. Yeah. What, what what would you like to have seen?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I completely agree on, like, the queer representation part, um... Yeah, I would also, like, love to see, like, more train mythology. I would have, like, liked to see some, like, different configurations. Like, we have, had like, various, like, friendships on the train, like, between Jesse and Lake and Ryan and Mingy. I would have liked to see, like, you know, maybe, maybe like, like, an actual romantic couple working through their issues together on the train. Like, that one that mm-hmm. is, like, explicitly romantic. I'd like to see, like, a pair of siblings on the train together or... Because, like, Infinity Train is, like, very great at building out, like, the, the relationships, not just between, like, the main characters and, like, the supporting characters around them, but also, like, the very supporting characters and, like, one another.
0: Exactly. I was actually thinking, um, we used to siblings, like, what if you got a whole family on, you know? Because I think family issues are something that I think are becoming less taboo to talk about. And they're very real, right? When you exist as a unit in a confined space, problems are going to arise, whether they're explicit or not. So, you know, why not have Infinity Train explore something like that? And again, I think they would do a good job of it.
1: I don't know, though. I feel like if I was with my family on Infinity Train, like my number would just keep going up and like I wouldn't know
0: why. (laughs) Okay. well, the point is that you want to get the number down. So Infinity Train could provide a blueprint. (laughs) Oh, no, I know. But it's complicated stuff. But, you know, it's all a pipe dream now.
1: I mean, I was reading this interview where, like, the creator of Infinity Train, Owen Dennis, claimed that, like, book five, six, seven, and 8 would have covered, like, themes of, like, grief, guilt, revenge, and acceptance in future seasons. And, like, I would really very much love to see, like, an angry, like, revenge story season. Like, I'm genuinely upset that we don't get to see that.
0: Yeah, I mean, isn't Amelia's whole thing kind of revenge and grief and acceptance? Like, I was like, all those words definitely just describe Amelia's arc.
1: Yeah, but like, accepting
0: her husband's death.
1: I feel like it's more like grief and guilt than like necessary revenge, Mm. but also, I was like, yeah, it is very much Amelia. In an ideal world, like, we'd get a whole Amelia spin off series. I just get to watch her for like a million hours, but we're not in an ideal world.
0: We really are not. We really aren't. I'm just like, really? Infinity Train is the show that you had to sack. It makes me think about, like, other shows that kind of fall into this demographic, of which, honestly, I can't think of very many. Um, To be completely honest, I've also been very out of touch with the animation world. So I hear shows like Owl House and Amphibia are also very good, though I don't know who their, um, their primary demographic
1: is. I think Owl House and Amphibia are both on Disney. I am watching both of them currently. I think, like, their primary demographic is, like, you know, for, like, the... Children and preteens, but like especially Owl House, it has also found like a very large audience among like older people, especially mm-hmm. like queer people because of like the queer and lesbian representation in Owl House. Oh, nice! I nice. also think Amphibia is pretty good, especially because like also, Brenda's song from like the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody is in yes. Amphibia, and it's also just very nice.
0: I think it's just like you kind of implied. It's like it's becoming less taboo yeah. to enjoy animation, you know, because it's not just kids' stuff. Yeah. Um, and we can attribute, to, attribute it to one thing or another. One thing, maybe being Disney's takeover of the entire entertainment industry. <coughs> but, you know, it could also just be that people are understanding that the shows they grew up on still have a lot of value. You know, even, like, I don't think like we were talking about crafting kids' shows, right? Like, you want to write a kid's show that you as a parent would still want to sit down and watch with your kid. Mm-hmm. Like, you might not watch it on your own time, but, like, you can sit through it and it won't be annoying. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then you have a show like Infinity Train, where it's like, it. yeah, I feel like it really hits that sweet spot, and if it had continued, it could have been, like, one of the primary examples of what it looks like to enjoy animation in the modern age. And it was an incredibly popular show. It always did well on HBO Max, and, like, as we saw with the Twitter trendings, like, it got to number one, like, I think multiple times. So, it's kind of a mystery to me um, how, you know, people looked at the show, uh, I guess the higher-ups, above-the-line folks, and they were like, yeah infinity Train's not doing so well and i wonder if maybe it's because it's difficult to merchandise infinity train because it surrounds a gr- like ever revolving groups of characters or the show is just a little dark and you know as somebody who grew up on trains i don't think i necessarily would have wanted to buy and a toy infinity train <laughs> um you know the design does the job but i would not want that on my train set <laughs> but like i don't know i buy an Atticus plushie. Yeah. I,
1: I would love like a little 1-1 plushie. just like a, a ball to, to squeeze and hug. I would love that. Also yes. like an Alan Dracula's plushie from book two.
0: Or like, I'm thinking like, you know, those like um, those figurines that you put like on your monitor or something like that of 1-1? Yeah. Like, oh, like the little adjustable arms and you can be like waving or something. Oh, that'd be so cute
1: hbo max or like you know warner brothers if you're out there we have merch ideas for you get us in the studio we can make you your money please renew infinity Train.
0: literally um but also speaking of merchandise to some degree because i wanted to bring up the music because i think music in animated shows or shows period is is, it is often so underrated and i just want to say the soundtrack for infinity train perfectly captures this liminal feeling of what it must be like on the train i've I'm not gonna lie. I've been obsessed with liminal space compilations, like on TikTok, on YouTube lately. Um, I think I might have told you about it before, but this, like, the '80s, like synths of Infinity Train soundtrack, just somehow captured that like very, like, far away but also familiar tone that the show has. Because these are some very close to home problems, but you're in these ever transitional spaces, right? Because you're, these characters are all in a period of transition and look i might be looking a little bit too deeply into this but the soundtrack kind of reminds me of thomas again and thinking how they're two train related shows that are often like rooted in nostalgia i don't know i'm just saying those 80s synths really pop off
1: who cares about the mcu we're all about the train cinematic universe here literally
0: oh my god (laughs) anyway that's i can't let my public transit self come out here not right now No, let it come (laughs) out
1: i want to hear it like let everyone know about your obsession with trains.
0: Let the world have more train-related content. Put more buses and shows and stop normalizing cars. That's my take. <laughs> I don't like driving.
1: I don't like driving either. Like, not to be, like, a stereotype or whatever, but driving sucks. And yeah. we should have better public transportation.
0: Absolutely. And it's like, no, I can drive well. I just don't want to. But... You know, anyway, Infinity Train, right?
1: I think if I was on Infinity Train, my big trauma with that, I would refuse to drive and, like, my number would get down to one and, and, like, and then it just wouldn't go to zero unless I was just like, I guess I can try to parallel park now.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs>
0: Fun first date prompt. If you were on Infinity Train, what would it be for and why?
1: Um, It would be for <laughs> a lot of things. I don't know. Oh, better question. What would your number be?
0: Oh, my God. 69. I'm kidding. No, um, it wouldn't be. I don't know. I don't think mine would be that high. Although I have been a, I've been a problematic little shit in the past, but not, hopefully, not to the extent where I have like an Amelia or like Hazel, uh, uh, Grace and Simon situation.
1: I think I'd be the kind of person who was like number was just like less than a hundred, but it would take me like forever to get it down because I'm very bad at like recognizing my problems when I have them. <laughs>
0: I feel like you're the kind of person who, like, would get it down to the single digits, and then, like, four episodes would be focused on the same number.
1: <laughs> I think your number wouldn't be super high also, but also, like, I don't know your childhood trauma, so...
0: Uh, just a lot of Lutheran school stuff, you know how it is. Uh, yeah, you've got to account for the
1: religious stuff, so maybe, like, add a couple hundred onto that.
0: Yo, what if there were an Infinity Train book about, like like, somebody trying to escape a cult?
1: Ooh, that would be sick.
0: I'm just saying, you know, not to call my school a cult, but it kind of was. So I would find that very relatable. You know what? Honestly, maybe that would be my Infinity Train Train prompt. I would definitely be on there to, like, unlearn a lot of my uh, teachings. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, well.
1: Now that you've mentioned it, like, I am interested in the idea of, like, what would happen if someone, like, super religious and, like, invested in the idea of their religion, like, came upon the Infinity Train, like infinity train it goes against all kind of forms of religion kind of <laughs> like you know there's nothing in the Bible about a train that lasts forever. Let's get into real questions.
0: yes, let's go.
1: so I uh, one thing I very much like wanted to ask you is like you know as someone who is currently working in animation like where do you see like the fields of animation going in the future especially for shows aimed at younger audiences?
0: Where do I see it going, or where do I want it to go? <laughs>
1: Maybe you can just answer both.
0: Okay. Where I see it going, like we mentioned earlier, um, I think the world is getting ready to accept animation, you know, as a medium, not a genre. And I think that's a beautiful thing. We see a lot of great experimental animation, animated films. We see a lot of great mainstream animated films um, that aren't afraid to start going places, you know, that I think is a very welcome change of pace. And honestly, to me, makes Infinity Train's cancellation so much more perplexing because I'm like, dude, if there were a time to have Infinity Train like out in the world, it would be now. Like shows these days are becoming so much more self-aware. They're becoming so much more aware of what people like, what people need. And I think, you know, yeah, as a generation that often hum- like humors its own traumas, I think we've to some degree, for better or worse, come to a point where we can talk about about difficult topics fairly casually you know and that includes exploring those things through popular entertainment so i think there is definitely a place for shows like infinity train in animation i don't think it's massive you know like i don't think infinity train is going to be the show that takes down disney but i think it's definitely the industry itself is warming up to it so like i mentioned i work at nickelodeon right and nick as you know, like it, it, it kind of has a younger age demographic as a whole unless, you know, it's Nick at Night, but you know, I'm talking about Nick Nick Animation, right? So, most of the shows that we produce are for like Nick Jr, Nickelodeon. The so main age range is like 6 to 6 to 11 with some shows for like younger kids. Um, so however, at the same time, Nickelodeon has also dropped Avatar and Korra, which are two of the most popular like adolescent shows ever, probably the most popular, right? So, that's Where it's kind of funny, um, when of course, as we know, Nickelodeon is expanding on Avatar to a great degree, Mm -hmm. Um, but like, could a show like Infinity Train thrive there? I think it would be a little bit difficult to convince it because, like, Nick's whole company culture is like you know buy like buy kids for kids. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm admittedly not as familiar with uh, with other studios, um, but I would think that studios like Cartoon Network or like like Warner Bros. Right? Because you know you got a show like Animaniacs that's like as like, pop culture savvy and, like, witty as it is, like, I think there is the capacity to explore, like, you know, deeper stuff. But, you know, Warner maybe is more invested in, like, Looney Tunes. I've heard this not a lot of people. I've heard it said that Infinity Train is, like, an aged-up Adventure Time, yeah. but not as marketable. So um, I don't know how accurate that is because I made the mistake of not watching Adventure Time and i know the amount of shows i've said that i haven't watched and yet i still work in animation is kind of egregious but you know please bear with me i promise you i love this medium um but yeah it's kind of like i think because even i'm thinking about like infinity train makes so much sense as like a cartoon network or hbo max production you know like like it's not a foreign idea to me well and it's just baffling to me like what made you think that Infinity Train wasn't the one that was the one that didn't fit your your studio culture?
1: I mean, one hopefully one door closes another one opens and maybe we'll see Infinity Train in the future or like maybe like the production team will go on to do something even better, who knows?
0: Hopefully. Let's hope so cuz it's I mean they're all very very skilled creators and artists. They definitely deserve to find homes in other loving shows.
1: I think we're going through, we're through with like my complex questions for today. Okay. But I always do a little bit of a lightning round questionnaire before the end. Just, you know, have some fun little vibes. So are you ready to answer some this or that questions?
0: Let's hope so. (laughs) Okay.
1: Number one, Avatar The Last Airbender or Avatar The Legend of Korra?
0: No, you can't make me choose, man. I love them both for such different reasons.
1: You have to choose the law, of the podcast.
0: Man, I, uh, okay, I guess Avatar, Airbender, <laughs> last Airbender, but like, and it, this is like, if you ever talk about Korra, I'll come back. But man, I love them both. I love them both. But I yes, have, Atla.
1: Yeah, Atla is great. I've actually never finished Korra, and people keep telling me I should finish it.
0: You should. It's it's a definitely a wilder ride. Okay. then the first avatar i think to some degree higher highs but definitely lower lows that's what i'll say about it
1: okay. all right next question would you prefer on the infinity chain the jungle car aka the one where they met hazel and tuba or the good old corgi car
0: the corgi car that's a whole corgi kingdom man that's so cool And you know corgis are kind of a basic dog but they're basic for a reason and it's because they're fucking adorable it just seems
1: so fun
0: also, Atticus is there.
1: Atticus. Like, I will
0: not, I'm not lying. Atticus might be my favorite character in From Infinity Train.
1: Next question The family tree car with the arguing family tree from Book 2, or the art gallery car with the beautiful art pieces and terrifying shadow monster?
0: Oh, man. Probably the, arc, the art gallery car. Uh, like, I know scary shadow monster is there. But, like, man, if I wanted to hear a family arguing, i just go to a family reunion.
1: <laughs> but, um. Just... Anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my family's great i love them
1: next question um the ball pit car or the lucky cat carnival car
0: you know the ball pit car scares me because there is like no one else there okay obviously yes we know because you know the conductor went in and like fucked shit up right obviously that's scary but the idea of a, of a whole ball pit car like imagine well like look like five nights at freddy's you're at like a chucky e. Cheese like place and there's no one else there that's kind of terrifying like at least lucky cat carnival had like other people, like, residents from all other cars are going there. Honestly, seemed seems like kind of a lady place. I think I'm going to have to go with Lucky Cat.
1: Final question. Do you think you could get peer pressured into becoming part of the Apex?
0: Uh, no, because I don't really love being around a lot of kids. Like, both as a kid and as an adult. So, I'm like, eh, yeah, you're, like, cool, and, like, you burn shit, but, like, it means I have to be social, like, all the time, you know? And, like, assuming that I'm at the Apex, like, when I already had, like, my little like my little buddy, like my little nobody, Mm -hmm. I'd probably prefer to stick with the nobody. I'm not going to lie. Yeah,
1: Yeah, honestly, you're right. Peer pressure is bad, and kids are scary.
0: Yeah, peer pressure bad, but I think Bookly already proved to us that the Apex was very misguided and bad, but, you know.
1: All right, well, that's all my questions for today. But before you go, is there anything you'd like to say to our audience? Anything you'd like to promote?
0: Finish Infinity Train. Do it. Do it HBO or Cartoon Network whoever's watching. I want it we all want it
1: also Um, check out alex's art on instagram it's really great alex what's your art account handle
0: oh god um at diddly dudes d-i-d-d-l-y-d-o-o-d-s if you're really that curious my art is
1: fine alex's art is wonderful stop being (laughs) being mean to yourself thank you
0: um i guess my final my final final thing is uh keep watching animation keep showing love for the medium and people will listen the execs will listen and they'll give us more infinity train or similar caliber content
1: all right well thank you for coming and until next time i'm nia reminding you that you don't need a magical train to work through issues just go to therapy like a normal person